What is going on, guys? It's your boys back with the JC and the Truth podcast. I'm your host, Lee. Some people call me the truth with my co-host, Chris. And we are once again, welcome back our guests, Gino and Steve, where we will recap Wild Card Weekend and talk about the divisional round. So as we did last week, guys, this, is, uh, this has been a crazy NFL playoff so far. Wild Card Weekend uh, did not disappoint from, you know, slime cameras to Russell Wilson talking about disappointment. Uh, overall, this has been a, uh, a pretty crazy wildcard weekend, and now we've made ourselves uh, our way into the divisional round. So to start off, I want to ask you guys, I'll start, but I want to get from you guys who this weekend really disappointed you versus who actually impressed you. So to start off, like when it comes to impressing, I mean, I don't think you could take a team like, like the Rams. I mean, this team had quarterback questions going in to this, this week. I mean, you didn't know who was going to start. It was a question mark if Jared Goff could even physically play. And then we had John Walford who was going to take over. And then he gets hurt in what early in the first, which pushes Jared Goff and his broken thumb into the game. I mean, I, I had zero hope that that team could even win, but you know, the boys came out and they impressed. I was very surprised at how well they played. I really, really did not expect the win, but you know, Cam Akers ran that ball right down Seattle's throat. The defense came out to play. Aaron Donald had to leave for a little bit, but Leonard Floyd acted like he, you know, there was nobody missing. That defense just, that defense just showed out. So they really impressed me this weekend. And I mean, while they're going into another really hard uh, game next week, I'm just, I think they're just happy that they made it this far. And when it comes to disappointment, I have it on the other side, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, any person who was on a Seattle, on the Seattle staff was a disappointment. DK Metcalf scored two touchdowns, but you still felt like he was invisible for pretty much most of the game, right? This whole question mark of, you know, is he really this top receiver that everybody says he is? Because it seems like whenever he plays Jalen Ramsey, he goes invisible. Russell Wilson, honestly one of the worst games I've seen from him it just looked like he couldn't get anything going the offensive line did not protect him well the receivers were not open the run game was non-existent the defense was horrible overall Seattle just did not look like a playoff team and you know as we say every year like they always look like one of those top teams but then once they get into the playoffs they just lose it the stat I saw actually was absurd to me it said Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger have combined less playoff wins since 2017 than Blake Bortles. I'm pretty sure Blake Bortles has been in one playoff, like one or two playoff games. Actually, he was in three and he won two of them. I think he beat the Steelers and he beat the Bills in uh, that year that they almost somehow went to the Super Bowl. But that is absurd to me that Russell Wilson, this supposed MVP caliber player, just has not been able to get anything going. But yeah, so, I mean, what do you guys think? You know, Lee, that's some interesting points. I like your takes over there. Thank you again, Lee and Chris, for having me back on the show. Can't believe I made it this far, round three. Um, so now to get into my uh, disappointments and my what I was impressed by. This week, I was impressed by the football team starter, Heineke, Heineken, call him whatever the hell you want. I don't even know the guy's full name. Couldn't tell you. I know he's T-something. Heineke, but this guy balled, man. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, put together a really good game, and kept a Washington football team that most people thought were going to get blown out in a one-score game with the, Tam- with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were playing some of their best football Tom Brady-led team in the playoffs. So this kid really came out and impressed me, gave him a shot. Pretty exciting to see what they're going to do next year with that defense surrounded by Chase Young. They got a lot of things to be excited about over there in Washington. That's what I was impressed by, but he did come out a loser, unfortunately, for them. 
Then to go to my disappointments, we're going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole. I mean, I've never seen the team really drop the ball like this one. I remember back when I was on the podcast, the first time we talked about them as an 11-0 team, and we, we all agreed that they weren't as good as their 11-0 record had showed. We thought they were even underrated because not a lot of people were considering them a major threat in the AFC. Turns out I was wrong. Those people were right. I said they were a little underrated at the time. Uh, not at all. They were actually overrated still. And they just – where did this defense go? They're supposed to be a top-rated number one defense, and they're putting giving up 48 to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? Are you serious? And then the offense, I mean, James Conner couldn't get a yard, the poor guy. He get ambushed every time he touched the ball. Their old line, Big Ben looks like Will Ferrell in the pocket, rolling right and left, has no idea what he's doing. I mean, it just was – it was a mess. It was a mess. And they lost to the Cleveland Browns, and I think they really deserved this early exit. So I was disappointed in them as a whole, but – that's 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 my rant, and uh, on to you, Chris. Yeah, you know, before I go into my own dislikes and who impressed me, I, I think you have to kind of give credit to the Cleveland Browns. We um, didn't expect that at all. I mean, I, I went in the shower. I came out at 8.25, and I see 100 texts on a group chat. It's 14 up and already. I was completely completely shocked. And from there on and from there on out, the Browns just didn't turn around. They kept their foot on the pedal, and they kept going, and they really – really impressed me and um you know we all came here on the podcast last week and we all we all kind of agreed that the Steelers would win this game it was right it was big it made big Ben's last uh, go around so um the Browns really impressed me Baker looks good and I'm excited to see what happens this week as we're gonna get into that later we'll um we'll dive into that game but I'll start off with my dislike um it's a tough dislike but I think I have to go to the game of the uh the game that was probably the worst game of the week. I have to go Saints-Bears, and I'm going to touch on the Saints. I mean, there's always so much you can say about the Bears. The Bears bared. I mean, I'm going to leave it at that. Mitch Trubisky was Mitch Trubisky, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if he gets another go-around next year. I, I doubt he will, but we'll see. Um, but the Saints, I just – I wasn't impressed. I don't know about you guys. I watched that game, and it was like watching – paint dry on the wall it was it was really boring and I I didn't like it I mean I am happy that Michael Thomas got slimed and he really did deserve it um, after all he's done for test this year but that game was was horrible I think Drew Brees is ready to call the old center uh old age center home and and check it on there I mean I, I know I know NBC has a contract lined up waiting for him and I'm sure he's uh gonna excel as a broadcaster but I mean I'm, I'm watching him play I just don't see him have that same flame that same body of work that we're so used to seeing for from previous years and um I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble this round with the Buccaneers and we'll touch on that later as well but I did not come out at press and I did not think they were worthy of the number two seed after watching that game for sure and uh, my like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of a different take here, but I really did enjoy watching that game on the Nickelodeon broadcast. Um, I think Noah Eagle did a phenomenal job. He sounds just like his dad, Ian Eagle, and Nate Burleson uh, did a great job with the analysis. I was really impressed by special effects and the graphics, and um, that was overall a very smart play by the NFL. They really wanted to bring in new viewers, new age of viewers into the game, and having people like Young Sheldon or even those silly SpongeBob commercials was a great way to do it. I mean, they had everyone's everyone explaining every step of the way of the game and I think I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of people watch that game on Nickelodeon so they did a great job and I know um the four of us here are all huge Spongebob fans and um <laughs> it, was, it was great to see Spongebob uh have a little spin on football so I was very impressed by that yeah Chris um I I kind of enjoyed the broadcast too uh, just the one thing that kind of ticked me off was that 15-year-old girl in the booth when they punted, the Saints punted the ball. He started screaming, wow, before the ball was even in the air. Like, yeah, yeah that was that was something. But, um, yeah, I thought this weekend was really uh, – it was like a great week of football. Like, this whole year of football has been unpredictable, and I think this weekend was like a perfect summation uh, of it. Um, you know, they had the super wild card weekend. Um, 
and it really was super. Um, for me, for my winner from the from the previous uh, slot of games, I was originally going to go with Josh Allen, but I was sitting here thinking, and uh, I think I'm going to go with the 2018 quarterback class from the NFL draft. You know, you have you have three guys: uh, Baker Mayfield, you have Lamar Jackson, and you have Josh Allen all playing all first round picks from that draft. Uh, Josh and Lamar facing off this week, and uh, and Baker is uh, going up against the Chiefs. That's going to be a tough pick later, but um. I think we can safely say these three guys uh, have been all that the teams hope for when they draft her and something even more. I know Josh Allen was kind of disappointing in his first two years, um, but this offseason they went out and got him a weapon. They got digs for him, and, uh, and he really turned it around. And arguably he's, he can be a top five – said he can be a top five quarterback in the NFL now. Um, Baker, you know, he's, he's been inconsistent too, but he's been making the throws when it counts, and he has that strong defense and running game to sort of back up for him. And he's been making plays for the Browns. And I wouldn't be surprised if they won this weekend. And Fulmar, you know, he started off rocky this Sunday with that interception. And it was a really bad throw. But then he kind of turned it on with his legs. And, uh, and he did what he does best. And he won games for the Ravens. But uh, going on to my loser for the week, it came from that same Ravens game. Uh, I think my loser for the week is Derrick Henry. I know this isn't entirely his fault because as you guys, you guys watched the game too, the Ravens made it their priority to stop the run. You saw like eight, nine guys in the box at a time. Uh, and it's hard for someone, even someone like Derrick Henry, to get running when you have not the box stacked against you. Um, but because Derrick Henry couldn't get going, you also saw that kind of limited the Titans' offense. You know, the Titans' offense was built on uh, pounding with Derrick Henry and then, you know, running those play-action bootleg plays of getting Ryan Tannehill outside of the pocket. And because they didn't have the run game going, they couldn't get that play-action established, um, which is really why I think they lost. But um, overall, I really enjoyed this weekend. I'm excited for uh, uh, these coming next few days. Yeah, Steven, honestly, like, you know, that point you made about the, the 2018 draft class, it is pretty crazy, you know, guys like how well uh, Lamar and, you know, Josh, uh, Josh Allen have played. And, you know, it, it kind of brings those question marks to the other two quarterbacks that uh, outside of Baker, Josh Allen and Lamar, like Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold were also two huge picks in that draft. Like, you know, it's just I, I don't think Josh Rose is ever going to get another chance, poor guy. But, like, you know, Sam Darnold's still got time. So it is pretty crazy to think about being a Jets fan and saying, wow, the quarterbacks we could have taken if we didn't take Sam Darnold. But I think we all know the Jets will Jets, and they would have probably ruined whoever would have been there. But anyways, guys, so that's a great recap of uh, what Wild Card Weekend was for us. But now let's lead into our divisional round. So obviously I think we should start off with a game that I think, uh, you know, I think the Cinderella story is over. Uh, for Cleveland, I let's lead into the Cleveland Browns playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I got the Chiefs by 60. I, I good for the Browns. You made it far. I'm happy for you. <clears throat> you know, you upset your division rival that was talking all this smack about how terrible you are. That's the ending you needed to the season. You beat them. Congratulations. You are not touching Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is going to obliterate this defense. I stand by this statement. I'm sure I'll be wrong next week, but Kansas City is going to destroy Cleveland. I don't think that the defense can keep up. Look at how Ben Roethlisberger threw for 500 yards, and they almost came back from a 48, you know, Cleveland scored 48, and they almost lost. So I'm going all in on Mahomes this week. I think the minus 10 spread is a little bit too little. I think it should be minus 20 because Kansas City is going to absolutely embarrass Cleveland this week. Yeah, you know, Lee, I'm hoping you're wrong about that one, but <laughs> obviously uh, leading me the same way. I think Stefanski should stay home again. I think he should get Corona again. 
stay in his basement, keep calling the plays from there. They should stick to the running game, do what they do best. This week they were running it down Pittsburgh's throat. That's how they got the early lead. That and about the seven turnovers in the first half. But they were, if they stick to the running game, which is their strength, their bread and butter, I think they'll be good. They pull out a couple of good play actions, Baker and Jarvis. I mean, they're looking good. Their connection looks solid. I think they have a chance. I mean, I know I feel like the Chiefs are going to blow them out because they have this array of weapons and they're the Kansas City Chiefs in their 24-2 in Mahomes' career. But the Chiefs haven't been blowing anybody out recently, quite frankly. Every game seems like it's been a dogfight. So I don't think in the playoffs you win all those games. You need, the, you need your defense to stay strong, and I don't think the Chiefs have the best defense. Now, playoff Chiefs is obviously different than regular season Chiefs, so I do think they'll take care of business in Arrowhead this week, but I'm rooting for the Browns. I'm a big Browns fan this weekend, and I'm hoping it's not a blowout. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to try and take a middle point between your two takes, and uh, I, I think, you know, what you said is absolutely perfect. I think um, – if there's one team that can beat them in the AFC side, I, I think it is. I really do think it is the Browns, even even more so than the than the Bills and even the Ravens. I mean, Lee, remember we talked about maybe five, six weeks ago, there is a, a specific formula that teams have been trying to use to beat the Chiefs. And we saw last year with the Colts, and we've seen it a lot more um, times with teams this season. And teams, teams are trying to latch onto that formula. Um, if you pound the ball and you pound the ball successfully and you set up these third and shorts and third and effective um, – uh, really routes or anything like that you know you, you want to get these short down situations I think these teams are going to try and capitalize that so I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see the Browns really stick to the game plan I, I want to see Nick Chubb get maybe 20-25 carries this game even Kareem Hunt get 15 carries as well try and run that ball 40 times in the game and run that clock down so they can keep Mahomes off the field I think that's a perfect recipe for winning this game I mean I, I do agree that I think this game is going to be close but it would not shock me in the, in the least bit if um if the Chiefs blow him out. As we know, Andy Reid is spectacular off a of bye. I mean, who knows what he does on a bye week? Is he sitting in Hawaii eating donuts and drinking margaritas? And I, I don't know. I mean, um, this guy, I mean, the stats, are, you can't bet against the stats. I mean, even regular season and playoffs, the guy's amazing off a of bye. So, I mean, they've had weeks to game plan for either team that they were going to play. And, I'm, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to them blow it out. But I am excited for this game. I think it has the potential to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, Chris, you kind of stole my thunder there. My mantra – this weekend when it's going to be Andy Reid off the bye week. Um, but I, I side with Lee here, man. I think I think the Chiefs aren't going to make it a close game. Um, uh, freaking Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I love the guy. He's the man. He makes throws that <laughs> he makes throws that look like they're only possible in space. You know, he could do it all. And uh, hopefully the Chiefs can get back uh, Clyde Edwards for this week, who would be a key co- uh, component to their running game. But if not, they still have Bell and uh, Damian Williams, who who looked competent against the Chargers, I know um, when they had to fill in time for him, but uh, I think it comes down to the two quarterbacks. And when you at the end of the day, Mahomes is better than uh, Mayfield. I don't. The Browns can't get into a chuck fest with the with the Chiefs because they don't have that same firepower that the Chiefs bring. Um, so, like Chris was saying, I think the Browns need to have a, like a slow ball control type of game, really try and uh, get some big stops on defense against the Chiefs, which is going to be hard because Mahomes doesn't make mistakes often. Uh, that's like their formula to win. But uh, I agree with Lee. I think the Chiefs do cover the minus 10 spread. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be that much of a contest as it was between the Browns and the uh, Steelers. And, 16 you know, man. 16 Sorry. I knew I knew you were going to jump in there and get on Mahomes' back. I mean, uh, it's it's hard, though. I'm, I, I know what you're saying. I get your point. But if you watch a game, I mean, some of the plays this guy – it's making is unreal and you know I try when I when I evaluate players I like watching the NFL I try not to have a big bias you know me um I'm not I'm 
obviously a big Giants fan, but I don't, I don't think the world of Daniel Jones. I think he's a backup a quarterback in the NFL. So I, I, I tend to think I don't have a bias when I'm evaluating players. But I do think Mahomes is great, and I understand um, why you are upset. You, you have potentially the greatest quarterback of all time in your team, the Packers, and any, any other talk of the GOAT is threatening your GOAT. So I, I understand your point. I think, he's, I think he's great, but I think if you put me in the pocket with Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey, I'd look pretty good too. Back to you, Lee. Sorry. I mean, like, listen, when it comes to the GOAT, we could talk about, you know, th- the eventual GOAT later, and we'll see We'll see how you feel about him, Gino. But we'll, we'll, let's stick with the, NF- the AFC, and let's, uh, let's talk about Ravens-Bills, which, honest to God, I, I actually made a TikTok about this. This, honest to God, has the chance to be one of the best games we have ever watched. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, the 2018 quarterback class, as you said, Steve. I mean, overall, offense versus offense, both have – you know, meh defenses. Ravens uh, probably can't stop Josh Allen. And we all know that the Bills can't stop the run. So probably Lamar is going to run for 150 to 200 yards. He's going to get carries like no other. They're going to give J.K. Dobbins the ball a lot. Uh, I'm sure Gus Edwards will get a lot of carries. This is going to be a, in my opinion, it's going to be a power fest of offense because neither defense is really going to be able to hold the offense. But I honestly think that if you had to pick between these two, I think I'm going to go with the, in my opinion, the better quarterback, quarterback. Josh Allen is a quarterback. Lamar Jackson is barely one. So I'm going to go with Josh Allen because, I mean, the way him and Diggs look together was phenomenal. The offense was sinking well. I mean, hopefully they could run the ball like once or twice. Poor Singletary, like he does nothing. And, you know, Overall, if the defense could put together a few stops or pick off Lamar Jackson once or twice, I don't think this is going to be that tough of a game for them. But I'm going Bills. Yeah, it's some good takes, Lee. I think you're right. I think it is going to be uh, – I think there's going to be fireworks. It's got the potential to be a real high-scoring affair. But for reasons other than you, I don't care what position you want to call Lamar Jackson. Call him a free safety for all I care. I'm going with the Ravens because I think they have a better defense, and I think that's what's going to end up winning this game. I think both teams could score almost at will, but I think the Ravens are going to get a stop, that last stop that you need to win a game because I think this one's coming down to the final to the final minutes. And I think the Ravens are built to win playoff games. I think I said this last week that the Ravens run the ball well. They've got a stout defense. I just say this about the Colts, actually, but it also applies to the Ravens. So, you know, transit property. Um, we're going the great defense. They have, I think they have a top five defense, honestly. I don't think their defense is mad. They got a great run game. I think, you know, I mean, Lamar maybe can't throw the ball down the field, but I don't think he's going to need to. The Bills run defense is pretty, it's pretty, pretty soft, if you ask me. So I think the Ravens come out with a win, but I think it could go either way. This, I, this has the potential to be the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, once again, I, I agree with all your points, and I, I feel like an absolutely horrible New Yorker for picking against the Bills. And um, let me just say, I, I think it's awesome. It's great to see two teams like the Bills and the Browns finally break some curses that they've been holding on to <laughs> for the last few decades. But, I, you know, I, it is, I think it is Lamar Jackson's time here, and um, I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win this game and eventually get bounced by the Chiefs. We'll get into that next week, hopefully, when that happens. Um, but I, I do I do agree with you, Gino. I think that defense is clicking. And, you know, I, I – I, I was thinking about the Bills. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the um, Ravens and Titans game last week, and I was comparing that game to their game in the regular season. And I don't know what the difference was. I think all their main guys were there. Maybe they were, you know, inactive a little bit injury-wise. But that was two completely different defenses in the in that game. 
Um, that first that first game in the, regular, in the regular season, the Ravens could not stop Derrick Henry. Now, maybe like Steve was saying before, they stacked the box, they people, and that was, that's what was different. But that looked like a completely different defense from that defense in the regular season. So I think for that reason right there, I'm going to stick with the Ravens and, and back them this weekend. And like you said, Gino, you know, that Bills run defense is, is pretty bad. That's putting it nicely. And they're going to have to rely on Josh Allen, and I think Josh Allen will be up to the task, and it will be an exciting game. I'm excited to see Diggs with Marlon Humphrey or um, anyone else who's covering him. I think the Ravens secondary is phenomenal. They can afford to blanket anybody on him, anybody on him. So that's going to be exciting to see as well. But I think down, the downfall of the of the Bills is going to be they don't have a run game at all. I mean, like you said, uh, Lee Singletary not really that good. They have Devontae Freeman, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think he's going to play, but um, it, it's not ex- it's not an exciting run game. So I think the Ravens are going to get it done. I think it's going to be on a game-winning field goal, and it's going to be a great game. Yeah, it looks like I'm siding with Lee here again. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, really, I like the Bills a lot this weekend. Um, and for me, why I'm making this pick, I think, I think it comes down to uh, passing offenses and passing defenses. Um, like Gina noted before, like or we all have noted before, Lamar Jackson uh, isn't as great as a passer as people want him to be. Um, and we know his two top weapons are Mark Andrews and uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, but and on the other side, on the other side of the ball, the Bills defense, I think Tredavious White uh, basically takes out Hollywood Brown, um, leaving uh, Lamar with just Andrews a target throughout the game to make some key passes. Um, and on the flip side of that, I think Josh Allen, Josh Allen's going to have fun uh, targeting Stephon D- uh, Diggs because Marcus Peters, as we saw, he was kind of picked on last game, and I think he's going to be shadowing uh, Diggs most of the time. And I think Diggs can get the better in that matchup as opposed to uh, Marquise Brown and Tredavious White. So uh, I think the Bills are going to have to lean heavy on their pass defense because I think the Ravens are going to shred them on the ground. So hopefully we see the ball moving a lot this game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense played, um, but hopefully the Bills – I think the Bills are going to come up on top. And don't forget the most reliable wide receiver in the history of pro sports, Cole Beasley. Can't forget He's him out there. He's also on Spotify. He is on Spotify. Go listen to his uh, New singles his sometimes. Go drop. Go bag. listen to his music if you want to get in your bag. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think the Bills have it. But, you know, uh, great points brought up, Chris and Gino. I, I, I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting game. But let's get into something that I know Gino is going to be very passionate about. Let's talk about the Rams and the Packers. Now, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be firmly honest here. I once again don't think this is gonna be that great of a game. Jared Goff is gonna be in negative five billion degree weather, and he is not gonna be able to feel his finger that is already broken. He's probably not gonna be able to throw the ball, so it's gonna come down to if they could run the ball effectively, which we know they can. But once again, if Rodgers gets up 14, 17 points, it's pretty much game because then you're gonna force Jared Goff to throw the ball, which it's nothing against him. The guy physically can. And you're going to throw Blake Bortles out there? I don't think so. I, you should, but I don't think they're going to. I think I'm going to go against what my jersey represents, and I'm going to take the Packers. All right, yeah, Lee. Um, first off, I'd like to apologize to the Green Bay Packers on the off chance we do lose this week. It's my fault, guys. Um, it would only be so fitting that a guy I labeled Donut Senior just a few short go would come into Lambeau Field and take us out of the playoffs if it does happen bad karma my fault it's on me boys but I don't think it's happening I know it's strength for strength and we got the number one offense against their number one ranked defense but I feel like these these stats about the Rams defense just came out overnight I don't know maybe it's just me 
But I woke up the other day, and I'm seeing they have the number one defense, the least yards allowed since the 1874 Oilers. I don't know where these numbers are coming from. I'm seeing the most unreal stats about this Rams D that I didn't buy into most of the year. I know their defense is strong. I know Jalen Ramsey might take out Devontae Adams, but Rodgers does not need Devontae Adams to win. We blew out the Saints in week four or five without Devontae Adams. Without Devontae Adams, Rodgers' numbers actually seem to go up for some reason. And I think we, I think our offense is just too powerful. Goff with the injured thumb coming into Lambeau Field. It's going to snow tomorrow night before Saturday. It's going to be low temperatures. I just think everything lines up for the Green Bay Packers to go to the NFC Championship game. So I'm taking my boys. You know, I wish I could say I agree with with both of you, but I can't. I really can't. I have a personal vendetta against Aaron Rodgers that I'll get into in a few minutes. But you know what? I have to go with the Rams here. I, I picked. I was confident enough to pick the Rams with. Dono Jr. going against Seattle last week. I think I owe it to them to give him another shot this week against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So I'm going to pick the, the Rams this week. I know it's a little different. It's probably not America's pick. It's not everyone's favorite pick. But I really do think they have a shot of winning this game. Um, like you said, Gino, I think Jalen Ramsey and Devonta Adams is going, is going to be a phenomenal matchup. And whenever you have Aaron Donald in the center of that defense, it's, he's a one-man wrecking crew. You know, he, you can have two guys on him; it won't matter. He's still going to get pressure on the quarterback. So, I, you know, I think he's going to—he's going to cause the ruckus in that backfield. And um, I think it's going to be a really close game. I, I think the spreads around six and a half, seven. But I think this game could be decided on a field goal. I know Goff is one hundred percent, but as we've seen in multiple times, uh, multiple games this season. The Rams do not need Jared Goff at their best at some games to win, and this might be the case here. If their defense plays well enough in this game, they need Goff maybe to put up 20 points, 20, 24 points. I think he's capable of doing that with weapons such as Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Higby. I don't know if you want to call him a weapon. He's more of a detriment at this point. Um, Cam Akers has been phenomenal. Um, yeah, that's one knock I have on the Packers. I don't, I, don't, I don't really trust their run defense, and I think Cam Akers has been running the ball very, very well. So I would I wouldn't be shocked to see him get the get the rock twenty times this game as well. And now let me get to Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I I don't like the guy at all. The guy is an absolute stat patter. I mean, uh, every time I watch Red Zone, they're on the three yard line. He's throwing touchdowns. I mean, just ha just hand the ball. If it's, uh, I don't know. I just have a personal vendetta against him. And um, I think he could have. I think he threw for what forty five touchdowns this year, close to fifty maybe. And at, at least ten of those could have been rushing touchdowns. But you know what? He's a stat patter. They're up twenty points late in the game, and he wants to throw touchdowns. And uh, you know what? He wants the MVP. I gotta respect that, but it is what it is. It's nonsensical, Steve. Before you go quick, it's nonsensical. Aaron, Ro Aaron Jones ran in about 25 touchdowns from the wood yard line last year. He's the farthest thing from Stat Patter. He does what he needs to do to get into the end zone. And when that has to be a throw, it's a throw. It's the right, it's the right thing to do 99% of the time. The guy's infallible. He's never wrong. And you're, you're spewing about it. And so, so, why, so why couldn't Aaron Jones run in 20 times this year again? Because our line wasn't the same as it was like the red zone. We tried. We tried or because he, he won the MVP. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kid goes just hand off the ball. I've been speaking of the Packers offensive line. They got a guy starting that they just claimed off the practice squad from the uh, or from the Colts last week. Jared Belt here, whatever his name is. Um, I don't I don't know how much stability he's going to bring coming from a wholly different system. And he's had a week to learn the Packers offense, um, especially with Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, uh, those guys are like freaking bulldozers. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to back Chris's pick here. I like the Rams this weekend too. Um, I'm as always. I'm I'm always. I kind of have a different opinion of Aaron Rodgers. I love watching him play, uh, especially this season. It seems like he turned the clock back, way back the clock, um, and he was chucking at the best. He was chucking with with the best of them, Patrick Mahomes. You know, he was dishing touchdowns out left and right. 
Um, I really enjoyed watching him play, partially because I had Devontae Adams on one of my fantasy teams, and that guy was a juggernaut for me too. But um, I think the Rams can get it done in this game. I think it's going to be – I think this game has potential to be the best game of the week, uh, the weekend, even better than Bills and uh, Ravens. And, and that's partially because of the snow. You're going to have, like, a real tough and gritty playoff football atmosphere in Lambeau. Um, and I think I think it's going to be a joy to watch this game. But uh, I think – I think I think I'm, it's a tough pick for me, but I like the Rams this weekend. Just to respond, Lee, if you don't mind, if I touch on two quick things, your qualms with the Packers' offensive line and how good the Rams' defensive line is. Aaron Rodgers has been getting the ball out in one second flat. I'm not worried about the pressure. We got a lot of quick hitters. Matt Lafleur knows what he's doing, and I'm excited to see our offense. We get it out quick. Doesn't matter how fast Aaron Donald gets there. And then number two is playing in the snow. I don't know if you guys watched that Titans-Packers game in the snow, but we were moving on the snow like it was helping our, our cleats. I don't know what was going on. They, <laughs> The cuts they were making in the snow, it was like the Rams – I mean, it was like the Titans were playing in 10 feet of snow and we were playing on a sunny day in Florida. It was unbelievable. So, if there's any snow in Lambeau, you know what to look out for. You just got to pray that uh, Scantling doesn't get a ball thrown his way this game. Yeah. Got to avoid – you got to avoid MVS, bro. That kid, that kid couldn't catch a cold in the middle of the winter. Oh, he boy. couldn't catch corona in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> That's horrible. Sorry to anybody who has Corona, but let's get to um, my personal favorite game this week, which is going to be uh, advertised on the history channel. I'm just joking. It should be though. Let's look at the battle between Drew Brees and Tom Brady, (laughs) New Orleans Saints versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers round three. So to start off guys, let's just make this clear. This game could be Drew Brees' last time he's ever put on the Saints uniform. That's really sad because I've always been a fan of Drew Brees. And as you said, Chris, he doesn't look like the same guy while Tom Brady looks like he's in his mid to late 20s. Overall, I think when it comes down to it, Tom Brady will not lose a game to the same team three times. While I would like to pick the Saints in this, I'm going to lean with the Bucs, but I think it's going to be a very, very close, something that could come down to a last-second field goal, a two-minute drill, like something along the lines of that. I do think it's going to be Tom Brady who comes out on top, but I don't expect Drew Brees to slouch in what could be his potential last game of all times. The reason I picked this as the Bucs is I just feel like the scene that will happen after this game is Drew Brees will be sitting on the bench, just soaking it in that this is his last game. It, you know, it's in, uh, it's in the dome. It's in New Orleans. The fans, I think they still have fans there. And Tom Brady will just come up to him, shake his hand, embrace him, and that will be the perfect ending to Drew Brees' career. That's just my thought. It could go either way. Who knows? We could have a Peyton Manning on the Broncos type of thing where Drew goes all the way and wins. I'm going with the Bucks, though. You know, Lee, I'm praying I'm wrong, but everybody, every bone in my body agrees with you, man. I think, I think this is going to be a blowout. If you told me that was an actual photo of Drew Brees right now, I believe <laughs> I mean, this guy can't throw the football. He's throwing dink and dunk lollipops during the air for 40 seconds. They won by 30 points this weekend. I wasn't even slightly impressed. They looked awful to me. Their offense looked abysmal. You're surrounding Tom Brady with the best weapons he's had in his career, possibly, other than maybe the 07 Patriots. I mean, this guy's got Antonio Brown, Fournette, Rojo, I mean, Mike Evans, Godwin. The guy's got weapons left and right. They're clicking on all cylinders, and his Bucks offense is going to be too much for the Saints. I think their defense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to stop them, and I certainly don't think their offense can keep up with them. I'm taking the Bucks. I really, in my mind, there's no way the Bucks don't win this game, and that, that pains me to say because I don't want to see Tom Brady do this again. I'm so sick and tired of watching this guy 
do what he does. But I, I got to take the Bucks in this one, and uh, that's all I got. Lee, you know, I, I got to say, man, that, that, was, that was beautiful, man. I mean, that story you were just telling, I, I felt like I was in, like, the movie theaters listening to you talk. And I, I had, like, a tear. I, you could write for, like, WWE or something. That was that was good. Um, but you know what? I, I agree with both of you. I, I think I love that reason that I don't think Brady's going to lose to Breeze uh, three times a season. I, I just don't see it happening. Like you said, Gino, this is Tom Brady's best supporting cast in like you said, ever probably. And, um, you know, I, we, I talked about at the beginning of this episode and I was not impressed with the Saints at all. I don't, it, it, they didn't give me any confidence going up against this Tampa Bay team. And like we, like we've said all season, the Tampa Bay defense is hit or miss. There's one game that come out looking like the best defense in the world. Another game that looking like really shaky. So we don't know what defense is going to come out this, t- uh, this game, but I really wouldn't be shocked. I know with the, with the firepower on both sides of the ball here, I wouldn't be shocked to see a low scoring game. But um, I am going to agree with both of you and take the Bucks, and I think they're going to win too. So, Yeah, let me first start off and say those are two very good-looking older men. I can only pray that I look like one of them at that age, whatever age they are, maybe like 65 in that picture, early 60s. But uh, on to the football game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all you guys. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win this game. Um, people are going to – St. Sapporo is going to point to like the two earlier games – one more, the one first game of the season where the Saints won by like 10 or something, and the next game when the Saints completely blew the Bucks out, it was like 38 to 3 or something like that. Um, but like we've been preaching these last two weeks is playoff football, uh, and the only thing that matters is the game of ahead. Like, uh, and for me, last week the Saints, like Chris said, they just didn't do it for me against the even against the Bears defense. You know, uh, they've been hit or miss all season as well. I think Drew Brees should have looked better than he did. Um, and the Saints do have home field advantage, which which is big in the playoffs. But I think, like everyone said before me, uh, the Bucks' offense is just something. It's just something special. Um, both defenses are good at stopping the run, but I think when you when you're putting on the arms, I know we make fun of Brady saying he has a noodle arm. So does Drew Brees, but I think Brady's going to make the plays where Brees doesn't, and I think that's going to be a difference maker in this game. Yeah, you know, it is sad because this really could be the last time we ever see Drew Brees, like, put on a uniform, you know, losing Peyton, losing Drew, possibly Ben, eventually next, probably next year is going to be Brady. I mean, like, guys, this, these are like the guys we grew up with. This is crazy to me. I can't, can't imagine what an NFL is. I can't imagine what – Jameis Winston better take over in New Orleans because I, I really want to see that guy play football again. I hope they don't go to Taysom Hill. Uh, no offense to Taysom, but he's better used as a weapon. But anyways, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to the JC and the Truth podcast. Tune in next week, and we will see you all soon.